In the company I worked at most recently, I had the opportunity to work with a large number of small business owners. And though they were very different in almost every way, they all had one question in common: how to increase sales and grow their business. And the number one request they had from us as a company was to help them stand out from others so they could get more customers. As a business owner, freelancer, or even a podcaster like myself, we have the same question: How do we differentiate from our competitors? How do we cut through the noise? How do we stand out as a small business in a really large world? Well, today we are really privileged to have with us Vani, founder of Cherry Peach Plum, a marketing-led business consultancy that helps young entrepreneurs rapidly grow their revenue. and she's going to share with us some uh, let's say thought starters for how to do exactly that and if you have questions after going through the podcast or you'd like her help or advice with your business please visit the episode page on our website for ways to get in touch with her vani thank you so much for joining us today before we start would you like to introduce yourself and your work with cherry peach plum and, and by the way i really love the name it's really very very memorable which i guess is the point Thank you so much. Yes, Amit, absolutely. That's exactly the point. But it's quite strange how I landed on the name. But before I come to the name, let me tell you a little about myself. I've had an out-and-out career in advertising and marketing, and I was always very, very passionate about consumer behavior. The whole world of consumers really fascinates me, and that's how I am doing what I'm doing. And after many years in the corporate world, I felt that I needed. to explore a bit further and the world of entrepreneurs sort of lured me because of the pace at which things get done and the number of different experiments different projects that one can actually take up it's the scale of learning for me has very very rapidly accelerated after having left the corporate world so i'm very very grateful for being where i am i do work mostly with entrepreneurs as their outsourced chief marketing officer and we work on exactly this as you said at the beginning of the show the one question all entrepreneurs have is how do i grow my business and eventually marketing must lead to business growth if marketing is not leading to business growth then it's all a waste of time very often we've heard entrepreneurs say you know i have time for everything else because most entrepreneurs look at marketing as a nice to have because marketing in some ways has this fuddy duddy image of being just pretty colors and just a pretty logo and some advertising in long format that is nice and soppy but may not necessarily convert to sales but the reverse is actually most true which is that if if and forget advertising not just advertising advertising is a small part of marketing but if everything in marketing does not come together to bring sales then it's all a waste of time and before i keep rambling on let me also tell you a little about cherry peach plum so cherry peach plum comes from a buddhist philosophy that i follow and uh, this philosophy says that each one of us is unique each one of us has very different personality traits and characteristics and each one of us must shine to our fullest the cherry does not try to become a peach or a plum the cherry wants to be the sweetest cherry that it can be and similarly so it is for businesses as well you know every business is also unique and the competitive challenge is unique the founder makeup is unique the cultural setup is unique and for each business too they must be able to shine in their own way and that's also the reason why consultancy and i hate the word 
consultancy i hate to i hate being called a consultant because it's all uh, it feels like a whole lot of fuss that is delivered but consultancy is a very very personalized job you have to be very personally involved which is also the reason why mine is a very high touch personalized model i don't have a very large team i work with freelancers but i work very closely with the founders it's a very very hands on approach So that's about Cherry Peach Plum. <laughs> I expected a lot of different reasons for naming the company Cherry Peach Plum. I didn't expect Buddhist thought to be the grounding. That's fantastic. The point that you're making is about how every business is unique and needs to shine in its own way. which i suppose comes down to having a really unique product yes. which is so different from everyone uh, else right oh well <laughs> so see yeah that's a very interesting question you're asking me amit the thing about product is that it is increasingly becoming more and more difficult to come up with a really unique product because you come to think of it in the world of fmcg in particular if you stand in front of a shelf there are just so 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 many options for anything absolutely that the brain is absolutely sozzled you can't even tell the difference between one product and the other product and none of us really read everything that's said on packaging we certainly don't read the back of pack we may read some things that jump out at us on the front of pack broadly the brain is today unwilling to be able to decipher the very you know sliver like differences that might exist between different products so standing out on the basis of a product differentiation is very difficult i'm in no way discounting the grandeur of that if one can land at a product differentiation then that's great that may be possible today with more technology products or where products are more futuristic but i keep saying this that you know today there is so much clutter and competition in absolutely every category i mean today even to go to space there is a bezos <laughs> rocket and a branson's <laughs> rocket that's true yeah <laughs> it's uh, almost nobody has the luxury of saying well I'm very unique in this market. So how does one stand out? How one can stand out is in figuring out where else can I make an impact on the consumer? And this is where challenger branding or challenger marketing as a concept is something that deeply interests me because as the word itself suggests challenger marketing is about challenging convention. It's about challenging what's always been done, challenging the way consumers view that product or service. challenging how things are done in the industry and if you are able to turn any one of those parameters on its head then you have the ability to stand out i think what you're what you're saying is very valid actually while you were speaking i was just thinking of ourselves as a podcast right so we are talking about careers but we are clearly not the only uh, career podcast or we have another one for money and we are talking about this one which is about small businesses none of this is a unique thing that nobody has ever talked about before so yes you're right i mean it is about the uh, i mean the product itself would be different in element i mean after all it's me speaking versus somebody else speaking and our guests would be different from others and so on but ultimately people will make a decision to listen to us based on other factors that they can see and evaluate relatively easily so yeah so i think this is a really valuable point because most of us think about what are we making but actually it's not only about that it's about what's what else is around it yes very well said absolutely you know for example um, It's not just about standing out it's also about the way business gets done you know so for example as you were saying 
I realized there is a client of mine. They have beautiful products, and I ordered a lot of their products. They also have their own website, but I have never found it convenient enough to order stuff from their own website. Even though I get higher discounts and more freebies if I were to order from their website, I always end up ordering from Zomato. And why do I go to Zomato? Only because their interface is just so much easier. It's very easy to find, and I'm used to that interface, so I know exactly what to do, where to go. And so, even if I know I'm paying forty rupees more over here, I prefer to buy it off Zomato. It's not about the discounts. or it's not about the how great my product might be sometimes it's the ease it's the convenience it's the ability to stand out it's the ability to give the consumer something to talk about look at beera for example beera is a craft beer which comes at a premium and how did beera become a household name today it stuck out against the vast majority of the whole lot of beer brands that otherwise came to the market with that one funny monkey that monkey sticks Actually, this is pretty good. I mean, beer is a great example, right? Because there's a zillion beers, and exactly, and the mass market ones obviously would have almost a monopoly on you seeing them anywhere. Like if you went anywhere to buy beer, you'd pretty much see the usual ones over there. So these people have stuck out by essentially just creating an entirely different imagery in your head. Exactly. So this brand was created by an artist. You know, the guy, the founder, is is basically an artist. He's a graphic designer, and this is what he keeps himself most occupied with. So he just had crazy fun with that monkey. All of the things that that monkey can do, and that brand became an iconic brand. So you know, you want to stick out even in the bar while the rest are ordering the Kingfisher. You're looking at it. They've sort of repositioned Kingfisher as the oh, you know, the you, the player, the usual. <laughs> right. <laughs> what a kingfisher! I'm going to order a beera blonde, and I'm going to order a beera white. You know, that's that's the beer to have. Or look at OnePlus. What has OnePlus done? When OnePlus launched, they launched with very small budgets as compared to some of the biggies. You know, they had competition up against Apple and Samsung, and one would have thought everything in the world of mobile phones, by way of features or by way of camera quality, etc., has all been done to death. You know, they, one would think there's nothing more one could possibly bring as an innovation, but the way they brought themselves to the market it was impossible to not notice them because they came with they didn't come with any advertising at all for the first time they used influencer marketing and they had a whole stream of videos a whole lot of videos which just talked about the unboxing of the <laughs> OnePlus <laughs> it's a damn phone you know <laughs> i can't understand the fascination of unboxing a phone you know that's a box and a phone will come out of it But the unboxing. No, and unboxing then, is a big deal now. I mean, my son is eternally looking at unboxing videos. In <laughs> fact, he, in fact, whenever we buy anything new, he actually unboxes it. <laughs> so, so that's what they did. They did this these unboxing, and then they were the first ones who had the goal to say that you can acquire this phone only by invite. Excuse me. You should be grateful. I'm willing to buy your phone. I have money. No, you must have an invite to be able to buy my phone. I mean, how crazy is that? And that's how they made waves in the market. And suddenly there was this. Have you managed to land a OnePlus, or do you not have a OnePlus? Have you? Did you get the invite? Did you not get the invite? 
So it's crazy stuff like that that sticks out in the market. You have to actually being a marketer today is both very challenging, it's very stimulating, and it's more fun than ever before because everything has just become so much more difficult. You have to figure out how can I stand out, how can I capture that consumer's imagination who is otherwise very bored, very short attention spans, doesn't want to read anything has a ton of choices and you know bargains online and offline and you're always thinking about so i have a lot of my clients who talk about differentiating on price alone and i keep telling them that that is the worst thing to do you don't want to differentiate on price you don't want to say the best price for your car you don't want to say the best price for whatever else i think this is good because essentially what you're saying So I think one point that you're making I think is coming out pretty clearly is that earlier it used to be that you said here is my product it's the best product in the market on whatever terms you defined and you say and I'm giving it to you at the lowest price and that was it so so you just worked on that but now because of all the choice and differentiation we've opened up the entire gamut of everything that a person could think about when they're buying the product and so therefore you can actually differentiate on so many other more interesting things and you mentioned something like packaging so that's in the case of uh, OnePlus and I'm sure in many other situations for the beer as well i think it's about the packaging and the messaging so how do you present to the customer and how they've managed to stand out versus the old brand or the fuddy duddy sort of brand so that was that those are two points right so the packaging and how you present to the customer yes it could be packaging it could be how you present yourself to the customer imagine if it could be in the delivery of the product maybe if it's just crazy delivery trucks I don't know there's no brand today that I can think of that differentiates on the delivery actually today yeah there's grofers which is now calling itself blinkit their whole proposition has become 10 minutes delivery and everybody is talking about that or dominos earlier that said you know 30 minutes or uh, you get a refund for your pizza which now kfc is trying to copy so yeah it could be in the delivery times it could be uh, I mean I know in the US there was you know when Uber Lyft Uber and Lyft were competing with each other Lyft used to in its early days they had these huge pink mustaches which they used to stick on their cars so you always knew that was a Lyft uh, roaming around versus Uber was like a normal black car uh, so that's another way I think of uh, you know when you said delivery it's not quite delivery maybe it's packaging but essentially what is coming to you looks very different Exactly and that's true for uh, I mean I see a lot of the boutique chocolate brands for example you know a lot of the chocolates especially the gourmet chocolates we pick up only for the packaging not for uh, what the chocolate inside itself might be what else i mean it could be in the way you present yourself at the shelf i remember from my kurkuri days there was this you know especially in the world of snacks in our country as you go forget it forget our country i mean even in a delhi The mom and pop snack store is so 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 crowded with so many different options. You know, if you see the ladi or the strings of snacks which hang on the rod outside, at any point in time, for a large store, there could even be five hundred strings hanging. And this is the same everywhere. This is India, but of course, same in Philippines, same in Vietnam. Everywhere where there's a corner store, it's stuffed because those people need to sell a lot of different things in small quantities to make up their cash flow. So what you're saying is right. I mean, there is no self-respecting corner shop that has anything <laughs> less than hundreds of things stuffed. Yes, uh, stuffed over. that's right. Now imagine if there is a young brand that has a great product. I mean, great snacks. I even have great packaging. and i'm hanging there on that rod which has 500 other strings now what am i supposed to do i have to grab the consumer's attention i don't have the monies that an itc or a pepsi has on haldiram haldiram doesn't advertise that that much 
I don't have that much money to outshout them in mainstream media or even give trade the kind of trade margins that the big companies might be giving them. So now what do I do? So there's this example of a crazy company I saw. They've given this, um, it was like a rotating light projector and you fixed it at the shop somewhere a little above the rod and it made crazy projections on the ground and it was battery operated. like a disco light for the shop yeah yeah so the small entrepreneur doesn't have any fancy concepts of standing out and gorilla marketing or any of that but the guy has figured out that look there are a crazy number of ladies over here and i have to capture the consumer's attention i'm not winning this unless i do something crazy and that's what the guy did and i thought that was so smart it was one of those cheap chinese devices that you could fix there and the shopkeepers also very happy because the shopkeepers like you know here is this drama this you know notanki which is happening in front of my shop which is not happening in front of the other shops making my shop look cool it's helping the shop stand out so i think the beauty of this thing is apart from the fact that the consumer is getting attracted by this light show the shopkeeper is interested in keeping your merchandise even without the trade margins and everything else that they would get from others because it's adding value to them again in the decision making journey we keep thinking about the consumer side but to get the consumer you also have to first get the person who's going to keep your thing the showroom or the shop or if you're using any kind of channel partner so in that case what you're saying is you have to also think about how to be attractive to that channel partner and by doing that you might actually get a lot more within quotes shelf space in which case the consumer will notice you willy-nilly and this could be on digital platforms etc as well if you can figure out an angle that makes you attractive to the platform yes it could be on digital platforms for example on uh, digital just yesterday i was looking at this instagram for one brand called kra they're a clothing brand and if you look at their grid the instagram grid It's the whole grid of their profile is just big pictures which are occupying those small tiles in the sense that every tile is a part of a larger picture and the whole grid is this large canvas and you're looking at it only for the sheer beauty of the picture and it's just creating a lot of attitude in the way it presents itself again you know while you were talking about how one can stand out by making an impression on the retailer the other thing that i was thinking about was sometime back levers turned media convention on its head you know again for media we always think of advertising where the consumer will hopefully consume me if my ad is really entertaining if it really has some shock value if it really has some sob value and i'm able to make someone sob that people might notice and people might watch my ad But one of the things that Levers did sometime back was imagine they had consumers asking to listen to their content. And how did they do that? It was all by pull or by demands. In India we have this concept of a missed call basically we don't want to spend on calling someone else. <laughs> so Levers by design said here is a number you give us a missed call okay? The moment you give us a missed call we will call you back. and we will play content on the phone of the kind that you want to listen to because you know in a lot of small towns and villages where you may have may not even have access to a radio you will most likely have a mobile phone and so they made the mobile phone the medium to deliver a quasi radio channel which had a whole lot of bollywood songs and in between the bollywood songs there would be little bits on why you should use a life boy soap whatever cream will be great for you bond's cream will be great for you and whatever else use rin for your clothes etc etc it was a great way of turning media 
convention on its head instead of you pushing out stuff have consumers ask you for advertising or ask you for content Wow, that's pretty cool. Again, I think there are a few points to take away from this because apart from, you know, turning the whole thing on its head, it's also about consumer understanding again, right? The fact that there are people there who simply won't get to see any of your content because they are not on that channel or platform or don't use that device. And so you've made it possible for people actually to reach out to you to get that content and you've wrapped your message in the thing that they actually want. So that's uh, that's pretty cool as well. Yes, yes. And you know with with media I always tell my clients now that it's always just better to do a lot of short format. So I'm a great advocate of short format or a great advocate of advertising that sticks out and is consistent. That's another way of standing out by the way. I mean what is standing out? Standing out basically means that I have the ability to stick in the consumer's mind because if I don't stick in the consumer's mind, then she is not going to remember me when the time is right. and what do some of the brands you know i'm a great fan of png brands for example what does png do in order to stick in the mind they stay consistent so even if they were to do a 10 second or a 15 second ad but they have consistent cues that i'm able to tell that you know every time i see a swash of white it's a tide every time i see gale mein khichkech it's bigs Every time I see a pour of blue liquid on a sanitary napkin I know it's whisper. So the brands that stick in your mind are also the ones that stay consistent over a long period of time. And this is again something that I ask even young business entrepreneurs to think about. Think about what codes would you like to codify and adopt for the long term because that makes monies a lot more efficient in the way you use them. You're not asking the consumer to remember you for different reasons every time. Don't get trapped into this temptation of making very pretty creative ads. where the storyline is remembered but you as a brand may not be remembered it could be some very simple stuff that you do it could just be the visual look of your website or the language you use how can you make that consistent with the way you look with what your instagram feed is or with the way you look your packaging looks or how your product is presented have consistency in all of that so it's easy for the consumer to remember you as a brand Right so this is pretty cool so essentially you train people to realize that this sort of visual cue means this but of course i i suppose that has to be done over a long period of time over a long period of time but i also say that start thinking about branding early what is branding basically branding is a consistent customer experience a brand is nothing else but a consistent customer experience why do we buy brands because we know what to expect because i know that that certain quality is reliable i know what to get and how do i as a consumer know what to expect because i know that this brand has been consistent on blah 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 over a period of time or it's not just consistent over a period of time it's also consistent in in everything that it does so if a young brand were to start thinking about how do i make the customer experience consistent then that in itself is a brand yes okay i think that's a really valuable point so that makes sense for all businesses i mean without thinking about branding or marketing you're creating a brand by doing something that you should do anyway which is to make a smooth end to end customer experience so one other thing i'd like to bring out is the concept of using the zeitgeist or something that's happening in the time like a trend and riding on that what about something like amul which always picks out like i guess like a political theme or some topic of the day and uh, talks about that 
Amun has actually done a fantastic job in being able to stick out for just that reason. It's a great example you've picked, Amit. It's a fantastic example you've picked. You know, Amul, it's become the voice of the nation. It has the ability to make the nation laugh. It can satire anything. And you look out for that. It's become an iconic brand uh, for just that outdoor campaign. You notice that, you know, for the longest time, they were an outdoor brand only. And just on the back of that outdoor, which was very topical and had, you know, a satirical or hilarious take on what was news at that time, they've been able to stick out for just that. Amul has become such an iconic brand. Yeah, it's a great example. So actually, being able to stick out or being able to create memorability in the consumer's mind does not take a lot of money. Usually, the thinking is that if I have to create a brand, if I have to do marketing, then it will mean pots of money. No, not at all. It doesn't have to mean pots of money at all. It just means thinking about what you as a brand will stand for. So this is an exercise that I do with most clients of mine. Actually, the problem is most of us as business owners are unable to articulate in a few words exactly what we offer. Why should the consumer buy us? Which in our lingo, we call the proposition. But just sorting out that is usually the most difficult part. You see most websites, a lot of websites are unable to adequately explain why must you even go ahead. Now we become very impatient, assuming that the website loading time itself is not an issue. Once I land on the website, then I want to know exactly what is it that you offer? Why must I spend more time on this website? Then I want to know, are you reliable? Do you have enough number of testimonials? Do you have enough number of proof points on why you work? Then I want to see examples or case studies or if there's, if there's stuff that you're offering. If you're selling a product, then I want to quickly be able to navigate through everything that you sell and be able to get to what I want to buy. So just simplicity and having clarity of thought, clarity on what you offer from a consumer lens in itself is the biggest step towards building a brand. Wow, I think that that's a very good kind of articulation of how to think about branding overall. Because you're right, it starts with you being clear about what you are versus trying 20 different things and spending a lot of money on those 20 different things, trying to convince the customer to just buy. You need to be something. Absolutely. And you know, I've also found that even in largest organizations, when I say largest, I'm, I'm talking about an organization that might be doing 300 crores plus. Even in an organization like that, we would ask five different employees, what business are you in? You'd get five different answers. And that doesn't help. You know, you need to have one version of truth, one version of why you exist, one version of what do you offer the consumer. There has to be one version of that. Because if internally in the company itself, we're not able to articulate that, then how do you expect consumers to say that one version of truth, to understand you as the guys that offer this, the guys that deliver this, the guys that make my life easier in this, this, this way. If we ourselves in the organization don't have a handle on that. That's right. So Vani, thanks a lot. I think this was a really insightful conversation. And if you don't mind, let me try to summarize some of the points that we discussed for the benefit of people trying to take action, hopefully immediately after this. I'm super excited to take action actually based on a lot of things that you said. I think the first point that you made is that product differentiation is hard. So unless you have something truly unique, you're going to have to find ways to differentiate on something else and that something else can't be the price. 
I mean it can be but those are not the only two options available to people second point is you need to know what you stand for so that you can clearly articulate that to your customers to your channel partners to everybody involved in the whole journey of getting people to decide and buy your product third point was so therefore you need to look at the decision making journey and try to number one make it a smooth uniform thing which is consistent in every step because that itself is a part of your branding and also look for points of differentiation within that journey which could help you stand out and examples of those things would be things you mentioned were packaging the claims that you make to the customer maybe those claims could be quite surprising the way you present yourself to the customer how you look on the shelf or how you stand out on the shelf how the product actually gets delivered to you making things uh, relatively simple so that people don't have to do all have a lot of cognitive overload to try and figure out what you're about and whether to buy you or not other points you made were things like have some sort of a visualization that people can start to associate with you think about the channel partner experience so can you make it so interesting for the partner that you will end up standing out because they want you to be front and center perhaps wrapping your message in what people actually want so people might need entertainment and you give them the entertainment but you wrap put in your story into that as well and none of these things actually need a lot of money it needs a reasonable amount of upfront thought so that you can design the perfect end to end experience which reflects you your personality what you stand for the money can come afterwards but it's not necessary do you think that's a, a fair summary that is fantastic amit that's fantastic i couldn't have said it as well myself <laughs> <laughs> well you did say it as well yourself actually much much better <laughs> No this is great absolutely this is great i mean you you made it a 2 minute masterclass if uh, one just had to catch the last bit of the podcast one would have it all <laughs> So once again Vani uh, thank you so much for joining us today I think this was a very interesting conversation because you have really a lot of experience in this area and you worked on so many different things both yourself and with your clients and I'm sure everybody's going to take away a lot of valuable stuff from this and actually a lot of ways to think about their business and their marketing so really appreciate that For those of you listening first of all thank you so much for joining us today and if you'd like to ask questions to Vani or perhaps take her advice please head on over to our website link is in the episode description and we'll show you how to get in touch with her and maybe you can you'll get something extra valuable out of that interaction so once again Vani thank you for being with us today thank you so much Amit I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation thank yes. you so much so did I thanks a lot this was Amit and Vani with Shop Talk see you all next time